The Merry Beggars at Relevant Radio present Episode 6, Jacob Marley. Up Scrooge went, not carrying a button for that. Darkness is cheap, and Scrooge liked it. Before Scrooge shut his heavy door, he walked through his rooms to see that all was right. He had just enough recollection of Marley's face to desire to do that. It couldn't have been Marley. Marley's dead. Marley's dead. It was just the door knocker. I need to get it replaced. Now, this is outrageous. Everything seems normal. Everything seems all right. What's that? Scrooge went through the sitting room, bedroom, lumber room, all as they should be. Nobody under the table, nobody under the sofa, a small fire in the grate, spoon and basin ready, and a little saucepan of gruel, Scrooge had a cold in his head, upon the hob. Nobody under the bed, nobody in the closet, nobody in his dressing gown, which was hanging up in a suspicious attitude against the wall. Lumber room, as usual. Old fire guard, old shoes, two fish baskets, washing stand on three legs, and a poker. Everything is to rights, as I left it this morning. Quite satisfied, he closed his door and locked himself in. Double locked himself in, which was not his custom. Thus secured against surprise, he took off his cravat, put on his dressing gown and slippers, and his nightcap and sat down before the fire to take his gruel. It was a very low fire indeed, nothing on such a bitter night. He was obliged to sit close to it, and brood over it before he could extract the least sensation of warmth from such a handful of fuel. The fireplace was an old one, built by some Dutch merchant long ago, and paved all round with quaint Dutch tiles, designed to illustrate the scriptures. There were Cain's and Abel's, Pharaoh's daughters, Queen's of Sheba, Angelic messengers descending through the air on clouds like featherbeds. Abraham's. Belshazzar's. Apostles putting off to sea in butterboats. Hundreds of figures to attract his thoughts. And yet that face of Marley, seven years dead, came like the ancient prophet's rod and swallowed up the whole. If each smooth tile had been a blank at first, with power to shape some picture on its surface from the disjointed fragments of Scrooge's thoughts there would have been a copy of old Marley's head on every one. Humbug. Humbug, humbug, humbug. After several turns round his room, he sat down again before the fire. Come now, come now, enough of that. As he threw his head back in the chair, his glance happened to rest upon a bell, a disused bell that hung in the room and communicated for some purpose, now forgotten, with the chamber in the highest story of the building. It was with great astonishment and with a strange, inexplicable dread that as he looked, he saw this bell begin to swing. It swung so softly in the outset that it scarcely made a sound. But soon it rang out loudly, and so did every bell in the house. Stop it! Stop it! Humbug to all of you! Stop it! This might have lasted half a minute, or a minute, but it seemed an hour. 
The bells ceased as they had begun, together. They were succeeded by a clanking noise, deep down below, as if some person were dragging a heavy chain over the casks in the wine merchant's cellar. What's that? Come, enough with all of this! Enough! Scrooge then remembered to have heard that ghosts in haunted houses were described as dragging chains. The cellar door flew open with a booming sound, and then he heard the noise much louder on the floors below, then coming up the stairs, then coming straight towards his door. It's humbug still. I I won't believe it. His color changed, though, when, without a pause, it came on through the heavy door and passed into the room before his eyes. Upon its coming in, the dying flame leaped up as though it cried, I know him, Molly's ghost, and fell again. The same face, the very same. Marley in his pigtail, usual waistcoat, tights and boots, the tassels on the latter bristling like his pigtail and his coat skirts and the hair upon his head. The chain he drew was clasped about his middle. It was long and wound about him like a tail, and it was made, for Scrooge observed it closely, of cash boxes, keys, padlocks, ledgers, deeds and heavy purses wrought in steel. His body was transparent, so that Scrooge, observing him and looking through his waistcoat, could see the two buttons on his coat behind. Scrooge had often heard it said that Marley had no bowels, but he had never believed it until now. No, nor did he believe it even now. Though he looked the phantom through and through and saw it standing before him, though he felt the chilling influence of its death-cold eyes and marked the very texture of the folded kerchief bound about its head and chin, which wrapper he had not observed before, he was still incredulous and fought against his senses. Subscribe at adventwithscrooge.com for the next episode of A Christmas Carol and download a free companion guide with activities, questions, and coloring pages. Subscribe for free at adventwithscrooge.com adventwithscrooge.com